Welcome, 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 everybody, to episode 23 of the Victor's Request Podcast. I am, as always, Dylan Murray, and with me, as always, is Alex Richards. Please introduce yourself. Hi, yeah, um, I'm, I'm the co-host is always here, um, so you probably know me by now. Yeah, I should probably just stop introducing you, um, except for the past 30 minutes, I wasn't sure if I was going to have a co-host, so um, that's also something. Um, we are recording this the day after our, our preview on StormQuest, our preview of the uh, Cinderella final comes out, so um, Alex is a bit busy editing that and uh, just overall didn't want to speak to me anymore for the week because that was a long episode. <laughs> um, so we are here uh, to to talk about talk about AJW. Don't know when this is going to get out because I don't currently have a functioning editing system because I don't have a like good computer. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll see. This might come out in two weeks. I apologize if if it does. It, it might come out in two days. We'll see what magic I can work. But for now, let's just talk about AJW. There isn't much other stuff to talk about from around the Joshi world, unfortunately. I know Alex really wishes that there was because. Oh, uh, the stuff on our docket wasn't particularly phenomenal, don't you think? Yeah, a lot of um, we had a we had a junior title tournament, which which says a lot, and then uh, a bunch of tags and uh, some some half-assery. So it's uh, it was it was great. Yeah, I I know I enjoyed it more than you did. Like there are certain matches that we've talked about uh since we started watching this because I feel like we started watching this like weeks ago uh that I liked more than you like, but I can understand why you don't like them, uh, but we'll get all into that in, in a GIF. Um, we are, of course, talking about February and March this month. Um, I know we're we're a bit late for February and March, but we're trying our best here. Um, and the the first show we are going to review um, is from Gunma Japan. It's from February first of nineteen ninety two. Um, we grabbed some of this from the classics episode fifty five, and uh, the next show, the the Saint Battle Day. In March, we got from Classics episode 56. We also got some of the stuff from our, our friend of the show, um, Kataveri, who uploaded some stuff for us um, personally. And I, we really appreciate him, even though it meant that we had to watch unclipped versions of matches that I think we probably should have watched clipped. <laughs> yeah, sp- uh, specifically the main event, which uh, we will drag, I assume. Yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, but first, as I said, we're going to Gunma. It is February 1st. Um, the first match that we saw was Kamika Mikawa versus somebody. It was part of the junior tournament. I did not catch the name of the other person. Do you know? Uh, I believe it's Saimi Numata. Oh, was that Numata? Yeah, pretty sure. Because uh, if, if y'all don't know, Numata is the person with the funny like builder's hat and the overalls. Uh, yes, yeah, I, at, I learned that after. I was like, I've never yeah. heard of the Saimi person before, and then I saw it was it was Numatochi or something, and I was like, oh my god, it is hard hat wearing Saimi Numata, huh? Yeah, like, I, I heard the name Numata, and I was like, that sounds very... Because the thing is, is watching off of classics, it's all in Japanese, like, there isn't really any uh, aid, especially for these matches like this, like the junior matches, you can't even find them, like, on the match guide. Um like if you look up AJW Classics match guide, you can't find this match on it for some reason for episode fifty-five. It's quite frustrating. Uh, so you kind of just have to listen to the commentators, listen to the the narrator, and try to figure out like decipher the words. Um, and I, I got Numata in the next match that she was in, um, and I was like, oh yeah, that's that's like you know, hard hat. Um, she, she's really cool, but in this match she didn't really do anything obviously because it is a junior junior tournament match. And it was like a minute and a half 
Um, and Numata won. There, there's actively nothing to talk about here. Um, but it is interesting to see Meikawa and Numata uh, pre Meikawa and Numata, if if that makes sense. I feel like that's a lot of what you could take from most of these junior matches, if even that is that. Oh wow, they were young at one point. <laughs> yeah, the rookie style uh, of Joshi wrestling is is infinitely better now than it used to be. Like this, this stuff is so bland. Um, and the fact that they cut out half of it as well just makes it hard to ever get into it. So you're just seeing a bunch of slams and drop kicks, and it's it's just never all that fun. Yeah, this was like actively one of the less terrible ones because there are certain matches where it's like they just did things wrong. Like we'll get into it a little bit later. One of the finishes, the the girl's shoulder wasn't on the ground at all for yeah. any of the three count, and it was just. Like, because it was supposed to be a struggle. It just, it just looked bad. We'll get to that uh, in a little bit. I'm not remember remembering what match that is, but I'll see it when I see my notes a little bit later on. But instead, we get to talk about a decent match for one. Uh, it was Sai Kasagawa and Debbie Malenko against Kyoko Noe and Toshi Yamada. Um, tag league winners against the Japanese tag team champions. Uh, pretty, I don't, don't want to say star-studded, but relatively, this is a pretty big match. Uh, for that time and for somebody who appreciates um, all four of these wrestlers, I know that uh, you know you appreciate three of these wrestlers, um, but <laughs> I, I think they're I think they're all pretty good. And this match is pretty decent. How do you feel? Yeah, it was clipped fairly short, but I mean all all four are fairly good and then tags like this. Um, and obviously Debbie and, and Hasegawa are always fun to watch. Um, Yamada was just a menace for the entire match. Uh, she was kicking the shit out of everyone, which was fantastic. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was clipped, so we didn't really get to see a lot of it. But from what we did see, it was it was enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, uh, Debbie Michael was super over with the crowd. I mean, every single time she would get in and break up a pin or get the get the hot tag, the crowd would go insane. Um, and and another point that I really recognize was that Yamada really feels better than Kyoko at this point. I think in this match, like she always was like edged her out as a tag team partner. But I feel like in this match, I kind of realized that's like. Yeah, like Yamada is just like a light year ahead of of Inoue right now. So um, that's that's what I brought from this match. I thought that there was a lot of good stuff in it as well. But like you said, it was pretty clipped. Um, Inoue and Yamada did get the win, but this was a non-title match. So uh, Sake and Debbie did not lose their belts, luckily, because they have a lot more to go, including a NAR match that I actually really like that we will talk about in a little bit. Um, do you have any any other comments on? Would you like to bash on Kyoko Noi before we bash on Kyoko Noi? Because I feel like I gave you a, a leg up to do that. Uh, no, we can we can save it for when the spotlight is on. Oh, all right, all right, then we will do that. Uh, next up is another heavily clipped match, but I don't think there was a lot more to it than we saw, so it doesn't really matter. Um, it was Aja Kong versus Bull Nakano. Oh wait, no, I saw we saw this match in full. It was just short. Yeah, this was on the. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, this is this is Aja Kong and Bull Nakano. It's non-title match uh, in the middle of Gunma, so obviously it wasn't necessarily the biggest, uh, <laughs> the biggest match that the two would ever compete in. Um, but it was a interesting one to say the least. It was very unique. Do you want to talk about that for a little bit? Well, they just they just brawled. They just just beat the yeah. crap out of each other with with everything they could get. Um, they brawled from the entrances. They using bins they used nunchucks uh the match got called off then because it was just absolute chaos um it was the best way of getting them in there together and you know avoiding 
having one of them take a fall was to just have them completely, you know, run amok and have the match called off. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think uh, Aja Kong is great at the little things, and I, I've been realizing that a lot in, in this show and in the past few months of, of my viewing of this, is that, like, her getting to the ring, like, just, like, throwing <laughs> throwing seconds around in the entrance, just fucking, like, beating them up while she walks to the ring, gets in the ring, waits for the music to change, and then runs out of the ring and gets to the entrance to beat the Shadow Bull. I was like, that's, like... I don't know why, but that was so aesthetically pleasing to me. It was so funny and so cool that she's like, she was like kind of sneaking it out. It's like, okay, I'll pretend like I'm going to wrestle this match and then I'm going to beat the shit out of her. And I, I appreciated that. Um, they both beat the shit out of the ref with the bin and with the nunchucks, um, which I appreciated. I thought that was really funny. Um, and yeah, they were just all, it was all killer, no filler in this one. It was chaos, ended in a double count out, like you said. Um, really good pre- prelude to their uh, next match, which would happen at WrestleMania Piad. We'll talk about that next month um, in April. It's a shame that this happened three months before that, and they didn't interact at all over the next three months. Um, I imagine in real time that was a bit uh, odd, but obviously Aja Kong has other um, other things to attend to, and so does Bull Nakano, um, for that for that matter. Yeah, and um, we're we're close to seeing the the finale here of this this uh, Kong and Kano story, which I feel like we've been talking about for for forever now. Which we pretty much have. It's been over a year that they've been feuding, um, and you know we're starting to see the, uh, the turning of the tide here, where Kong is is quite clearly on the precipice of overtaking Bull Nakano. Um, you know the bin shots. It used to be Bull would no sell the bin shots, and she was fine. And now it's Aja who's no selling the bin shots. Now it's Aja who is on top whenever they kind of go power for power or monster for monster. So it's um you know, it was it was one of those where you can tell that they're slowly handing things over from, from Bull to Aja. Yeah, and I think um seeing as this is my first full uh run through of Bull Nakano's Tower run, obviously you've seen it before. Um I, I'm I, you've always mentioned that like you kind of preferred it when Bull was like more of the no seller, um, like just killer. And I I understand I recognize that, but I think this match and the match we'll talk about in a little bit, that was a uh, Bull Nakano versus Akira Hokuto, um, it kind of put into into perspective um, how well they kind of told the Bull Nakano story because um, with these longer title runs in obviously this isn't like a modern era match. This is 30 years ago now, but uh, thinking about it from like a more modern uh perspective than like a bruno sammartino type um the best way to go about these long ass title runs is to have the other wrestlers around the world champion be building to the point where they are starting to learn the behavior of the final boss so to speak so i think aja kong and even akira hokuto to a lesser degree um are kind of learning with every match they have with Bull, and I kind of like the way that it it flows because, like you said, in this match, um, Aja was just taking it all to her. She was not taking any any bullshit, and Bull Nakano was taking all of Aja's shit. Like it, like Bull couldn't ignore it, and that's unthinkable a year and a half earlier. You know when we saw that uh, iconic uh, Jungle Jack versus Gokumanto match where uh, <laughs> Bull was getting hit with the kendo sticks and just no selling it like that that bull nakano 
um, is completely different from this Bonacano because this Bonacano has been studied and learned by all of her, her fellow wrestlers. So that's kind of a, a theory that I've been running with that I kind of appreciate. I don't know if I'm just headcanoning a bunch of bullshit, but that's kind of how I see it. Well, you know, it was well done, so however you enjoy it, you enjoy it. Um, but Bull definitely did the changing in the guard stuff very, uh, very intelligent. All right, I'm not sure where that cut off, but we were basically just talking about how we're kind of in a, a down period right now, and we have a lot of good stuff coming up uh, later into the summer. Um, but for now, we have shows that take us 10 minutes to review um, <laughs> in comparison. Um, but I am really excited because, like you said, we really could use some JWP, some LPW, um, some good FMW, because um, AJW Classics, for all its worth and all of its goodness, and all that AJW is, is it's a good company. Um, Sometimes they have a couple months of just nothing, and that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, but yeah, I guess we should probably just get on into the March 7th show, unless you have something else to say. Uh, nope, no, I'm all good. All right, uh, the first match, I am once again going to need the names, because all I know is that Numbada was in it, and there was another wrestler in it. It was another rookie showcase. Yeah, so I believe it was Shiho Nakamigawa. Probably, I no, yeah. I have no uh, idea not, if she went on. I to saw the anything. the kanji uh, was Naka. That's all I knew was that there was a Naka in the name, um, right? Because it was the same as Nakano and Nakamura. Well, no, not Nakamura is different. Doesn't matter. But yeah, it was the same as Nakano. So I was like, okay, her name is something to do with Naka. I'm never going to be able to find that <laughs> on the internet because there are 17 million wrestlers with the name Naka. So yeah, this was a match. Uh, the, I, I, my only note for this is um, good shoulder blocks um, because yeah. there were in fact good shoulder blocks. So that's true. That's true. Um, yeah. Amada won this one as well. Uh, mm. Yeah, can't wait till she gets a hard hat. Uh, <laughs> that'll be fun. And then after that, we have the climax of the tournament. Maybe I, I, I don't think so because Numata isn't in it. Yeah, so so the so it the next match we're talking about is the AJW uh, Junior Championship match between Akemi Torisu and Yuki Lee. Uh, we have seen neither of these wrestlers in the Junior Showcase, um, but this is for the vacant AJW Juniors Championship. Um, yeah, so Akemi's here. Yeah, um... she's, she's you know what she's getting better. She's not getting a lot better. I don't think she ever gets a lot better. But she, I can, I noticed that she's trying, and I appreciate that. She's, she really is trying her best. Yeah, I mean, it was a decent enough match, uh, all things considered. Um, but yeah, again, nothing to write home about. But definitely a, a better showing from Akemi than we've seen. Uh, this is a lot more fun than watching her get the shit kicked out of her in in actual fights. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, and Yuki Lee, we have not seen up to this point, and she ends up going to, I believe, JD Star. Uh, and that's where she ends up being notable. But I don't know if she does anything else here. She does end up getting injured after the next match that we talk about her in um, on the same episode. So, yeah, Yuki Lee actually wins this one, um, despite Akemi having both of her shoulders up the entire time that she was being pinned. Um, yeah, I mean, y- Yuki was healing well. Uh, I believe she was either in Gokumanto or Jungle Jack. She was wearing the Gokumanto, like 
makeup that they always used to wear, like the very aggressive eye makeup that was kind of indicative of, of Gokumanto at that time. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was fine. Uh, Akemi did a lot better than you would expect. Uh, and she just lost the match to a back body drop. Um, so new junior champion. Woo. Congratulations. Yuki Lee. I wonder how well that'll go. Yeah. I, d- I don't know. Um, it's, it goes it's, terribly. Such a, it's, it's such a strange one. Cause we, we see Numata win a match in the tournament and then she's just never around the title scene. I don't know. Really? Um, she is like a year yet. later. <laughs> she yeah. wins the belt like a year later. Oh, uh, fun. In 93. But it's very cursed I, belt, anyway. Yeah, I believe both of these wrestlers are gone by then. So, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, it's it's fun. Um, on to a match of similar caliber. We have uh, Kara Hokuto versus Bill Nakano. Who really cares? Um, no, it's it's <laughs> this is a this is a solid match. Uh, Kara Hokuto and Bill Nakano. Um, Hokuto in all white here, a new outfit. Um, she's really trying to find something. I think that's what you could say about Kira Hokuto at this point, because she's no longer she's no longer the Marine Wolf. She's not even really Bolnikano's tag partner anymore, even though Bolnikano still kind of seems seemingly wants her to be, because Bull was kind of like you could tell Bull was like easy on her in a way, where she was like trying to shake her hand. And, you know, she, she was, like, trying to play by the rules relatively for Bolnikano. Um, and Akira Hokuto wasn't having any of it. So she's kind of past that point as well. Uh, and she's just trying to find something that sticks for her character-wise. Um, obviously, we know where that goes. But in these few months, it's kind of... I think it's hard for her to kind of see where she fits without the help of a tag team partner. Um. Yeah, basically, since breaking the Marine Wolves up, she's just kind of been floating around, uh, aside from that one match where she went super heel. Um, that was weird. And, yeah, I don't know. The The characterization of Hokuto here is pretty bad. Like, she went from one of their best wrestlers all around to somebody who's just very aimless. Um, this was still a big match. Like, the crowd was super hot for this, and obviously they both, you know, delivered pretty good with the big moves and the, the near falls. But, you know, for the most part, this was a... This is an exception to the Hokuto stuff, where a lot of her stuff has just been paint by the numbers recently. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I felt like this match had a lot of character to it. Uh, and like I said, it felt like Bull was almost frustrated that her, her tag partner, her former tag partner, was like fucking her up so bad. She's like, damn, she's really, she's really wrecking my shit right now. Um, and, and like I said, I appreciate that it felt like Hokuto was learning from her past mistakes in matches against Bull. And I thought the finish was really smart. Um, Hokuto slipped up for half a second, and Bull just crushed her with the with the reverse DDT and got the win. Um, I thought that was really smartly done because it felt like, you know, Akira Hokuto was having the perfect match until for a half a second she wasn't, and that meant that she couldn't beat her. And like I said, I think, I think Akira Hokuto right now is great wrestler. Um, this was one of her better matches recently because, like you said, a lot of just formulaic, uh, just sticking to exactly what every other match that she's had is. Um, I think this was a, a deviation from that, and I really appreciated it. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, and and yeah, I, I this was the last really good Bolnakano match on the show. Uh, so <laughs> um, I want to say that Bolnakano is great at this point, but uh, we will have to talk about we have to cross that bridge when it, when it comes um next up is 
a UWA Tag Team Championship match uh, between Minami Toyota and Toshi Yamada, the reigning champions, against Class of 85, Suzuka Minami, and Yumika Hoda. Um, in case you are unaware, the UWA Tag Titles are a belt, or are belts that were from uh, Mexico, and uh, visually they're very funny to me because they are pink. The strap is pink, and they are just the old WWF Tag Team Championships. Um, just like the entire play is the exact same as the as the old WWF tag belts, except they have a Japan flag and a Mexico flag on them um, to differentiate things. So I found that really funny. Um, I do like the way the belts look, though. And yeah, how, how did you feel about this match? Um, yeah, I mean, it was um, it was good. Like the, you know, Yamada and Toyota started hot. Um, then they were in, went into the Yamada, you know, getting worked over as the baby face in peril. Uh, Suzuka Minami was was kind of interesting, although she was probably the the least interesting wrestler in the match as a whole. Um, yeah. Although some of her submissions looked fantastic, and I'm not sure she meant to do them that way. Um, <laughs> like some of them just look like they hurt a lot, and I'm like, that's because you you aren't doing it properly. But I'm I, I fuck with it. Like I get it. I'm here for this. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Yamada and Toyota, they're they're a fantastic tag team, and they they really elevate every match they're in. Um, so when you're against two you know, solid veterans like Hota and Minami that you're going to deliver. Yeah, I, I wasn't as crazy about this match as I thought I would be, honestly. Um, I was pretty decent, but there were certain things that were just kind of meh. Um, I think the thing about Yamada and Toyota is that they're a great tag team, but their pacing is quite bad, especially early on here. And, and part of that is, and I, I remember... I tweeted about it, and Ice Age actually brought it up. That it's just like sort of the perception of older wrestling um, is different now than it was at that point. Uh, but I feel like their their pacing is very, very stop-start. And when it starts and it goes and it's really, really good, then it's really, really good. But when it like stops for a long period of time, it gets a little bit like, okay, uh, Toyota's not good enough at submissions to be just sort of sitting in this for, for this long. Um Obviously, that sort of improves over time. This is obviously an earlier match of theirs, considering that they go on, you know, to headline two Dream Slams uh, a year later, and those were both pretty decent matches. Um, I that, that was decent. more of my pretty, <laughs> pretty decent, decent, pretty decent. Yeah, uh, you know, the match that got me into classic Joshi wrestling, and also one of the greatest matches of all time. Um, <laughs> so those two, yeah, those two matches, kind of, kind of okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know what it was here. I felt like, um, Yamada and Hoda did a lot of great stuff together, but Toyota and Minami just weren't necessarily, um, up to par for me personally. Yeah, Suzuka Minami kind of kept slowing things down and she, she really didn't transition to the, the new, the new age stuff here very well. Uh, she still wrestled like it was the older AJW when, well, whereas, you know, Yamada and Toyota are trying to they're trying to do the get your shit in era uh, and it didn't really fit yeah over time i think uh if if there was a four on four championship like a, a quad championship i think suzuka Minami would be the greatest champion of all time uh because in her last couple of years uh in the in the big multi-man or multi-woman tags rather uh, she was always a real highlight but i think at this point she definitely is still trying to sort of uh remain herself while also trying not to you know fall behind and it, it isn't really working at this exact point 
Um, sometimes it does. Like I remember the match that we saw uh, the last time we, we covered AJW, it was pretty solid. And I think Suzuka Minami really performed well there. But I think here she just looked really out of place. Um, I feel like Toyota kind of matched her pace in certain points. And I wasn't quite crazy about that. Um, but yeah, this was solid, like I said. Um, and Yamada ends up winning um, over Hoda with a spin kick from the top rope. Um, it's a pretty big great pin. Move. To be fair, it's, yeah, uh, you know, obviously too. Yamada is uh, the less experienced one there. So to get the pin over a more experienced Hota, who's, you know, a former tag champ um, and former kind of pushed commodity there, that's pretty big for Yamada. Yeah, th- I think that's a that's a big part of a lot of uh, the Yamada-Toyota tag, the, the golden combo, if you will, is that um, they are beating people who, I think last time they beat people who were a year more experienced than them. And that was kind of something. Now they're beating people who are two, three years older, uh, more experienced than them. And, you know, eventually they, they, you know, we'll talk about it in the main event. Eventually they start beating people who are maybe not a long time uh, more experienced than them, but are on a way higher level than they were considered at this point. So their elevation is really well done. Um, overall, I think that's one of the more interesting factors of AJW at this exact point is the elevation of Yamada and, and Toyota, even though sometimes it's done kind of poorly, in my opinion, like the matches at least. Yeah, their um, entire roster is almost trying to kind of learn to to go a bit longer because there's uh, obviously kind of a very different pacing to how you wrestle when you're in the the undercards versus some of the bigger matches, and um, it's, it's sometimes it's a tough adjustment for Toyota and Yamada, and sometimes it's not. Um, this was one of them where they struggled to kind of have stuff to do at every part of the match and instead just relied on the, the rest holes and stuff. Yeah, uh, and and like I said, that's a big part of just AJW in general, is that like the perspective of it is you watch it clipped nowadays for the most part. So matches that go long, matches that go like 40 minutes, so to speak, that we will talk about a little bit later, um, <laughs> realistically, you watch like 25 minutes of it clipped and it looks great. Um and, you know, without that, without that little editing, it necessarily um, doesn't do great stuff. But I think at the same time, you will probably, you know, 20 years from now, that'll probably be the exact same way that you look at a lot of New Japan matches type of thing. You know, it's like, I'm sure most people are not going to be sitting down to watch, you know, 75 minute matches between Okada and fucking Omega. They'll probably want the clipped version. And I don't blame them. Uh, <laughs> and and I think that's just kind of how times change over time is that... Uh, in the moment, longer matches aren't too bad, but looking back on them, sometimes they're a bit harder to get through. Um, and also just a matter of preference, because obviously nowadays, plenty of people do not like long matches, including the two of us. Um, yeah. But I think that's that's all there is to say about that show. We're on to our final show, actually. Uh, we're only 30 minutes in. We're only on to our final show. Um, but... It is, of course, the biggest show that we have to talk about is um, St. Battle Day 1992, a couple days after St. Patrick's Day. That's why it's named that. I don't know if you know about that. Uh, St. Patrick, you are Irish, and so am I. Um, how do you feel about St. Patrick, Alex? Um, it's, it's been Wasn't he like proven... a terrible person or something? Yeah it's, yeah, it's been proven that he was like really bad, and the snakes he beat out of Ireland were actually like... I don't know, poor people or whatever. So um, I don't, I don't uh, hold a lot of revere for St. Patrick. Although nobody does. It's just an excuse yeah. to get drunk. Um, I did when I was younger. I was a big St. Patrick fan. Big really? fan of St. Patrick. I did St. Yeah. Reports on him. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah, no, good, it's uh, mostly boy. just uh, an excuse to drink here because, uh, you know, Irish people yeah. are, are alcoholics for the most part. There was a South Park episode this year about how St. Patrick is just terrible and, like, like they canceled St. Patrick, and it was actually a really funny episode. Um, oh. Go check that oh, out if you like South, South Park. Park huh? South Park on the right yeah. side of history. Honestly, oh. no, they, they it's it's kind of, <laughs> this is a complete sidetrack. Uh, Token, the character, um, who everybody thought or was originally named to be the Token Black character, um, is isn't named that because they realized, damn, that's not cool. So they changed his name to Tolkien, as in the the art author. And then they made it like a bit, and I was like, "Damn, that I don't expect South Park to to like say they were wrong about something." But they've they've been they've been doing that. I'm just kind of shocked, kind of shocked. Wow, wow, big, big South Park fan South myself. So, right, yeah. But real, real wild, real wild developments over over in. Um, actually, I'm I'm like ten minutes away from the actual South Park, Colorado. So, <laughs> real real big developments over in the tray and uh matt camp over there but i have a feeling that people do not care about that and they more care about saint battle day 1992 mm-hmm. um where there were some good stuff and there was some bad stuff um let's start with the ugly stuff um it is yuki lee defending her AJW junior championship against kemi torisu um so i know what happened here i don't think you do so would you like to explain it just from your perspective well, it seems like they it went to a, a time limit draw, but they cut out almost all of it. So we, we barely saw anything aside from a couple of near falls and then the bell rang. Um, but I don't know, because it almost looked like they one of them didn't get up anymore, so they had to call it. But then instead of giving the win to Kemi, they called it a draw. I don't really know. Is, am I close? So, yes, it did end in a draw. Um, Akemi injured Yuki, and Yuki was unable to compete for an extended period of time. She vacated the belt two days later. Chaos. Yeah, um, for a fairly snake-bitten title, um, I'm pretty sure almost every champion vacated for uh, the space of five years. Um, looking at it here, Yasuko Ishiguro vacated it in 1986. Uh, Kyoko Aso won it, um... Believe Kyoko Aso. I thought she was uh, around a lot earlier. Um, she vacated the then to retirement because she, you know why not? Uh, Mika Suzuki won it, or, which was Suzuki Minami, and uh, she re- she vacated it in ni- 1988. Then Toshio Yamada won it by beating Miura Kimea, and then she vacated it in 1988 by uh, injury. And Reibun Amada won it. And then she vacated it. And then Mima Shimoda won it. She vacated it. Keely beat Akemi Teresu in the final of a tournament and vacated it two days later due to an injury. Um, then Akemi Teresu won it and uh, she did not vacate. So for the space of, what, seven years there, every champion vacated. And we thought that fucking stardom was bad with their title vacate- vacating. That's wild, actually. <laughs> like that's every year, bro. Um, yeah, this belt is is something else. I mean, I, I it is it is funny to think back to like uh, let's not don't listen back to it, but I think back to like the first episode of VTG. Um, it was Mima Shimoda versus somebody 
for the for the junior belt and Mima Shimoda is about to go on the fucking run of her life in the next you know couple months um so it is interesting to see it like that but this belt is in rough shape let's just let's just put it that way yeah which is fair i mean it's a rookie belt in a company that barely values the rookies beyond letting them do you know slams so you know it's 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 fair certainly um next up i think i'm gonna let you talk about it a little bit um kazooie saito yeah i butchered that um saito retired um she was a member of the 89 class and we didn't see any of her matches we might have seen one of them do you remember yeah i feel like we saw her in a tag maybe um but yeah she she didn't do a whole lot um, she did get the big ceremony, which I didn't expect, because I know you usually have to wrestle for three years to get the ceremony. Um, I think she just hit it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she debuted in December, so she would have been a few months short. Um, but they let her get it anyway, which is pretty nice. But I, uh, I never really saw much of her, and she didn't, you know, she didn't last all that long. Which is weird, because she had like a legitimate wrestling background, so she could have been, you know, a, a good wrestler. Um, and just didn't get the chance, really. So, you know, it's a, maybe we missed out on a on a prodigal star there, but we will never know. Um, I believe she started to work in the front office of AJW after, so they, she did stick around with the company. I don't know if it's actually AJW's front office. I just know that she worked uh, somewhere, um, in, 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 you know, at a, at a desk at, at the front door. So... She... Oh. That's a strange way to describe that. Yeah. Um, well, I'm working off translated <laughs> stuff, and it's just it's just like he then entered at the front desk, and I'm like, okay, presumably it would be that she worked at the front desk of AJW's office. All right, guys, this is probably the worst episode of all time because, like, not literally. I think we've been talking about some fun stuff, but because uh, our recording software is just being um, brain dead, a uh, brain dead bear. Kogamo would be very disappointed in it. Um, but besides the point, um, let's hope that it recorded everything. And let's get right back into the Japanese tag team title match between Mima Shimoda and Mariko Yoshida and Saki Asagawa and Debbie Malenko. Uh, I said that I really liked this match, but then I realized I did not take any notes on it. Um, and I said this was quite good. I really liked the faster-paced matches like this. And that's the only note I took. I don't know why. In fact, I started to take another one, but it just says Mima and Yoshida. So, it... <laughs> like, it cuts off there. Okay. Like, I don't, I don't remember what All I was right. trying to say. Um, yeah, I don't know. We didn't, again, we didn't see a lot of this because it was clipped. Um, and what we did see was basically Mima and Mariko being a bit of an odd couple tag team who... You know, Hasegawa and Milenko were easily able to beat because of their superior teamwork. Um, and while obviously Japan tag titles always have entertaining matches, uh, this was not super noteworthy. Um, but it was just a strong win for the uh, Japan-US generation tag, or uh, generation tag. And um, yeah, I don't know, it was it was alright, but uh, pretty clipped. And obviously, you know, Mima and uh, Mariko usually have different tag partners, so um, their teamwork wasn't really super notable yeah i thought i thought it was pretty fun um but like you said I, I i didn't even know anything down so it wasn't super notable um i i did appreciate that i thought 
Mariko Yoshida was really sh- like working out of her boots. Like she was really trying real hard to like do some new stuff and interesting stuff. And I always appreciate that. That uh, was um, indicative of the scene of the, you know, Japan tag team title scene that they were really trying hard to, you know, get their shit in type of thing. And even though it was clipped out, I did enjoy it uh, quite a bit, but maybe it was a bit hyperbolic to say it was my favorite on the card because oh, now because some of these are the matches were not good so i don't oh yeah you. <laughs> yeah we'll get into a couple couple bad ones real quick but yeah. probably hokuto and nakano was probably better than this one realistically but you know that's that's neither here nor there um obviously hasagawa and malenko retained i forget how they got the fall oh wait no it was a really interesting interesting finish i think uh <laughs> because what the fuck happened See, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm. Craig is or fucking me mess. up. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm getting frustrated. But I remember it being a good finish. It was a decent match. Uh, if you want to check it out on AJW Classics episode 56, go ahead. But if it's not noteworthy because it isn't, don't get mad at me. Thank you. Alrighty. Moving on. Bulunakana uh, versus Kyoko Noe in a non-title match. Alex, you talk about this one. So, yeah, listen, I've danced around the subject uh, quite, quite a, for quite a while. Uh, Kyoko, in a way, I, I probably hate her more than I hate any wrestler in history. Um, because <laughs> she should be really, really amazing, and yet she's not. Um, this match was great evidence of that, because she just mainly did submissions, and she did them poorly. Uh, your, your one thing is doing a surfboard, and you can never lift Bull up for the surfboard. Stop it. So... Yeah, um, I thought Bull was fantastic here. Bull really carried it for me. She had the intensity, and uh, anytime she got back into it, she was beating the shit out of Kyoko. But, you know, when Kyoko was on top, she just does submissions, and it's so interesting, I guess, because it, it never really goes anywhere. Like, Bull just shakes them off and just beats her up. Um, so, the thing is, though, she's over. Like, she has her clap thing over. Oh, yeah. She's going to the ring, the crowd is clapping. They're chanting for her. They really want her to win. Um, and then she just throws it all away by doing these boring submissions that lose people's interest. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, there was some interesting stuff, though, with you know Bull trying to go for the leg drop and not being able to hit it. So she just ends in a way in half and forces her to tap. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I didn't think it was that great just because Yoko's power submission stuff just doesn't really interest me all that much. Is Barai a better version of Kyoko Inoue? Uh, they're very different. Uh, I, I, I think Mariah actually uses her strength. So. Okay. That, no, that's why I said better version, Alex. Listen, listen to the words I say, okay? Um, that's, that's exactly what I mean. God, why, why you gotta, why you gotta undercut me like that? Well, no, because one of them does boring submissions, and the other one is like a powerhouse. So that's why. Know. Okay. My, my. He's just Whatever. comparing them because they have a clap thing? No, yeah, no, like not just because Ryan. of that. It's because they have a clap thing. It's because they are way more over than their necessary like spot on the card. Um, and I think that's kind of what is elevating, uh, in this case, Kyoko, and in the modern case, Mirai. Uh, they both have that powerhouse aspect of them, but they aren't like the strongest wrestler in the in the company. They aren't necessarily like the powerhouse, but they have a very good powerhouse nature to them. And they both do submissions. One of them is a lot better than the other at submissions, but... Like I, I I I see similarity. I think I'm gonna stick with that comparison. Um, Mariah is a better version of Kyoko Inoue. Um, and don't 
stop telling me I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, <laughs> the first half of this match, I'd say, uh, where Kyoko was on top firmly, was pretty bad. Um, I kind of spaced out for some of it. Um, and then I thought that like the second half was pretty decent. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I, I wasn't as uh, hating on it as you were. I think by the end, I was like, oh, that was that was okay. You know, that was fine. But I definitely agree that Kyoko's like early, like fundamental just submission work and just uh, overall work is just not quite good. And it really took Bull's comeback to kind of make this a, a redeemable match overall. Um, and Bull did some really cool, cool spot as well. She clotheslined Kyoko in the back of the head over and over again, which is phenomenal. Um, and then uh, the finish was once again a very unique finish. Uh, Kyoko went for a super Rana. Uh, Bull caught her, got her in a Boston Crab on the top rope, jumped down, crushed her spine, and then just scorpion holded her. And she tapped immediately. And I thought that was just so badass. I don't know why. It was it was very cool. Yeah, no, the finish was great. Uh, Bull just kind of taking off all these submissions and then deciding to bend her in half and win. Absolutely badass. Um, and probably the best way you could finish a match like this. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I thought it was quite good. I thought as it kept going, I enjoyed it more and more. But as an overall product, I definitely understand why you weren't necessarily super high on it. Yeah, yeah. To, to say the least. I don't know. Kyoko, look, I've seen Kyoko have an hour-long draw with Manama Toyota. There's no going back here. I, I despise her with all my being, so, you know. She ain't that bad. Okay. okay. I think she I think she really finds a niche in Double Inoue. She never, and ever. Then... Listen, Dude, Kako, oh, no. Her, Kako her, carries, you know. She did not care. No, she carried, but that was, I think Kyoko did a good job as well. Kyoko was cool for a while. We will have to see someday. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm a I'm an adamant Kyoko defender, even though I know that she's not necessarily great. And basically every single tag team partner she's ever had was better than her. Um <laughs> I still think that she's a a passable wrestler and an enjoyable one um overall sometimes. But with that being said, I actually probably heard that match more than the match we're gonna talk about next. The uh a lucid main event. I think that's the wrong word, but the main event of the entire show of St. Battle Day. It is a UWA 3WA Tag Team Championship double title match. It is Aja Kong and Bicekamura holding the 3WA belts, taking on Minami Toyota and Toshi Yamada holding the UWA Championship belts. A lot of stuff, a lot of heat, a lot of cutoffs, a lot of false finishes, and a lot of Minami Toyota. Um, so I imagine that you can all guess uh, how we felt about this match. Alex? Yeah, so it started so well, too. Like, we started off hot, you know, which is what Toyota and uh, Yamada always kind of did. They started the matches really well. Uh, you know, Toyota put them ahead with the uh, the Ocean Cyclone Suplex. Things were going good. And then after that first fall, there was some cool brawling on the outside. Like, they were beating the shit out of Toyota. Then I got gray hairs waiting for the hot tag to Yamada um, on that second fall. And that second fall just dragged on for so long. And then, you know, Aja Kong pins Yamada. And then Yamada is just a corpse for these two to be over. And then we get another extended heat segment where nobody really does anything. 
they're just stretching for time and you're just getting gray hairs waiting for the hot tag um and then the closing stretch again was good you know the opening and closing very good jungle jacker fantastic and that sort of stuff um but there was so many long stretches where just nothing was happening um like this didn't need to go 40 minutes i don't know why who made that choice so you could have cut out both of those heat segments and this match would have been completely would have been great probably um but instead we had two long segments where people were just sitting in headlocks um in a tag match so yeah i don't know i wasn't um i kind of get why well actually i don't get why they did it um it worked anyway because people lost their shit for the finish um you know Minami Toyota and Yamada were, were very over here with the crowd um but the uh, the execution kind of fell a little bit short with me yeah for reference I am somebody who has a tough time paying attention to things sometimes so what ended up happening is I was watching this match and uh the crowd would die because there would be so much heat for like six minutes six minutes straight that like i would just like start like just completely zoning out and then i'd hear the crowd like get a little bit excited i'd rewind 20 seconds and then i'd watch it um and that happened multiple times and like (laughs) that's not good considering i usually have a pretty decent attention span when it comes to pro wrestling um this was rough honestly like I, i i think i really wish i watched the clip version because we were talking about this yesterday because you guys probably don't know because it's obviously uh, DM conversations between me and Alex, but Alex watched basically every match of the show before I did. Um, like, cause I was just like two matches behind at any given time until last night. Um, and he was like, that last match was 40 minutes and it was super long. And I don't know. I don't know. That was rough. And I was like, well, I could just watch the AJW classics version and watch it clipped if it sucks that bad. But uh, Alex said, "Nah, you gonna you gonna go down with me on this one." <laughs> so, um, so I decided to be a good friend and uh, not not pussy out. And here we are, both having very little good things to say about this one. But I imagine the clip version was probably quite good because I think most of the segments were good. It's just that, like, if there's eight segments of the match and three of them are painful to get through, it doesn't make the other five good you know it takes it brings down the entire match so you if they just cut out most of those you know, bad segments i'm sure it'd be sorry, fine sorry to cut you off you know how i know the clipped version of this is good because i watched it and i put it on a, on a sheet <laughs> that i keep all of the cool ajw classic matches in and that is right there Toshi yamada and manami toyota versus jungle jack episode 56 it's right there it's in there with all the other cool matches so i know the clipped version was good um and this just wasn't. And I'm very upset with this. Um, they clipped out all of the bad stuff for TV. And then we had to see all of it. Um, so I know the clip version was good. And I know that this version was absolutely terrible. So that's, that's, uh, that's a little interesting thing for you there. I have watched both versions. And I thought one was great enough to belong in a spreadsheet. And the other one is not. Yeah. Uh, that's... Yeah, I think the highlight of this match, and you're going to really love this because it's it's praising Aja Kong, but I think the highlight of this match was, once again, Aja Kong's mm-hmm. just ring smarts. I, I loved the little spots she would do um, early on. One of like one of just the funniest things I've seen in wrestling is Aja Kong having a Yamada in like a hold. I forget which hold it was. 
and she would just drag her away every time Toyota would come and like attack her. And so it would just like run into the rope and just like fall out of the ring. And it was fucking hilarious. Like, I don't know why, but like Aja Kong just being like the 17 head type and just being like, I'm just going to move. Okay. Like, I'm just not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to let you cut this off for me. Thanks. Um, and she did the same thing later um, where she like went to pin uh, Yamada and she like feigned it. So Toyota got in to make the save and she was, Aja was already up and fucking clotheslining her. And I was like, that's like, it's so five head. I love Aja Kong so much. Cause like, there's no need to do that. She could just like get broken up and then hit her and then get back to it. But she just did the, she did the small things, you know, she did the psychology, all that, all that bullshit people talk about. She did all those cool things. Um, so shout out to Aja Kong. That was, that was probably the highlight of the match. Um, also, uh, Bison Kimura got fucking concussed like 30 minutes into this one. And I realized, damn, I understand why she retires. <laughs> it was like, I think it was, I, I don't know if you remember this. I think it was the uh, superplex. Yeah, she, she was trying to superplex Minami Toyota. Minami Toyota uh, did not shoot her legs up and she fell on Bison's head. Um, just entire body crushed on oh, it. Yeah, and that was nasty. Bison... Bison like couldn't really get up for a while, and she was just kind of out of it for the rest of the match. Um, so much so that it ended up pretty much just being um, Aja in the ring, and Bison would occasionally come in and break it up, and then get thrown out immediately. Uh, so yeah, she she kind of got fucked up, and I I saw that, and I was like, you know what? I get it. I get why she retires in like four months. <laughs> like I understand that like <laughs> one too many times of, of something like that happening. And she feels like, it feels like she's always on the receiving end of some bullshit like that. Like she's always getting fucking obliterated um, as Aja Kong's like non tank tag team partner. She just gets destroyed. Um, so shout out to Bison one time. <laughs> yeah, We are the Bison respect army. Um, of course. Aside from the match being pretty bad, um, I did think that Aja Kong was was fantastic in it. Um, she yeah. was just at, at this point in time, she is physically the best she was probably ever. Because um, not only could she do the power stuff, but she was moving so well. Like she was doing uh, like drop kicks, like kind of missile style drop kicks. She was doing little like jumping foot stomps on people. Like she was so agile. Uh, to go with her power, because there was points where she would like do something like a double foot stomp, and then she would just twist somebody and slam them down with ease, um, and it, it was just fantastic. Um, whenever she kind of was able to get going, she was of course fantastic here. Um, as well as that, Toshio Yamada was kind of the main one. I've said it a lot in um, you know, in past episodes where Yamada was like the big threat to Jungle Jack, even in the. Uh, it was the tag league with with uh, Kyoko Inoue. It was Yamada who was, you know, the one fighting off Jungle Jack, the one getting the pin, uh, the one who really felt like a threat to them. And then here in this match, you have her being the one to get the the final pin over Aja Kong. Um, so I just think that's really interesting and in how hard they pushed Yamada, especially in this storyline. Feels like this Jungle Jack reign was used to put over Yamada. Uh, which is kind of interesting, given that of the four people in this match, she probably gets pushed less than anyone other than Bison, really. Um, so it's interesting how that changed eventually, because it feels like here they are full steam ahead on Yamada, um, 
who I I mean if if you had had her challenge bull after this she would have been incredibly credible. Um, yeah. But instead, it was you know they kind of never went with her, which I think is interesting given how many months they gave to building her up as the the jungle jack conqueror almost. Yeah, it's really a shame because like I mean obviously us being big Yamada fans, I I think that Yamada definitely had way higher of a ceiling in AJW than she was ever necessarily uh, given, I guess. I, I wouldn't say that she was underrated, because obviously she main-evented uh, some of the, like again, two of the biggest events in the company's history. And, you know, she was All-Pacific Champion a bunch of times. She was Tag Champions, you know. Like, it, it's not like she didn't get any shine, but uh, I feel like they definitely could have done more with her in comparison to how much they did with Toyota and even what, how much they did with Aja Kong, obviously Aja Kong is a whole different animal than, than Yamada is, but I, I definitely wish they would have um, given some of our strikers a chance. I feel like Yamada and, and Hoda really were the two that never really got their shine. Like, and not necessarily getting their like three WA championship, you know, run doesn't even have to be that, but just like got their, their time in the true spotlight. Cause like even, you know, the Hokutos of the world obviously got the spotlight, but never really won the, the world title. Um, I, I feel like Yamada definitely, um, coming off of this match, could have done a lot more than they necessarily did with her. Um, but besides the point, I, I, I do appreciate this match for what it was. I think that there were some good bits of it. And like you said, uh, <laughs> the cut version, really good. And I could feel that when I was watching this match, because I was like, you know, there's enough good stuff in this to make, like, a 28 minute good match, but there's so much filler, you know, like there's 13, 14 minutes of filler that it completely kills the flow. Um, so artificial flow of the match was probably really good. And like you said, it was, um, I actually really loved the, the finish as well. Cause it was the golden combo 1987 winning with a double back suplex from the tops, from the top rope. Um, Effectively, uh, the way I saw it, it should have broken every single bone in Aja Kong's neck, but she is a fucking monster and doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That was uh, that was a cool finish. I thought it would be a single finish or with the uh, the kick, but uh, if they went with the the team move instead. Yeah, and and bull or not bull. Um, Aja landed on her her head and her neck and just fucking bounced off there it was gross honestly it was great uh jungle jack got fucked up in this match and it was it was kind of interesting to see because um for all of the unnecessary heat they definitely did pay it back um not enough to make it a a functionally good match they definitely paid it back so you know they got some receipts on them and yeah i, I you know don't want to stick on it for too long but uh the good spots were probably were really really good but the the Bad stops were not really watchable. So stick to the clip version if you want to go check it out. Uh, HW Classics episode 56. Um, thank you to Katavari who did give us the unclipped version um, because we are masochists and want to experience the entire thing. Um, he is he is a lifesaver in that degree and will continue to be a lifesaver as we continue on our journey through AJW 1992 and onwards, um, as well as, you know, JVP and whatnot. Uh, I believe that is the end of our show this month how did how did you feel about it obviously we've kind of been talking about how it's not the best but overall did you enjoy watching this at all uh, <laughs> no honestly i can't say i did um it, compared to a lot of the stuff that i've watched recently this this was a real step down um you know last week i was binging um 
Blackpool Neo Ladies matches where Kano was killing people or Natsuki Taya was doing shit or uh, Ayumi Kurahara was doing shit. And then I watched the two fun stardom shows in Kobe and Kyoto. And then going to this was just like, it was, uh, it was despair. Just sheer despair. Um, so yeah, like if, I don't know, um, AJW needs something. I don't think it's been super good for a little bit now. Um, and it's, we're just kind of waiting for the good stuff to happen because uh, they, they really need something. Because some of these matches just aren't aren't really all that good lately. Um, but people are over, so I mean, I guess it's it's working to some degree. Um, really, we're and just, good shit uh, does start to happen soon. Because yeah, like yeah, like I, I remember like and I I go back to the beginning of my classic Joshi fandom, and a lot of the matches came from late '92. Um, a lot of my favorite matches, I you know, a lot of the uh, the Bonacano tag matches once she sort of uh, loses the belt or even before she loses the belt, but starts, you know, focusing more on what she could do elsewhere. Uh, those I loved, obviously the, the FMW versus Bonacano Akira Hokuto outbreakers. Uh, that, that was one of my favorite matches like of all time. Um, and obviously with, with the beginning of LPW, which I've never seen before, um, I am really excited to see uh, things get better. And I, I think they will in the coming months. Uh, this is obviously, Bit of a rough patch, but next month we do get to watch uh, WrestleMania Piad 92, which is early this year for some reason. And from there, they're kind of off to the to the races. They have the Japan Grand Prix. They have the the beginning of some cross promotion stuff um, into the fall, and obviously the Aja Kong um, Bonacano climax that we see, as well as the overall Jungle Jack. The end of Jungle Jack with with Bicycle retiring yeah. later in the year, so there's a lot of, lot of stuff to look forward to. A lot of stuff to look forward to. I know we're kind of doing this at snail's pace. Um, it is hard for us to get together for a second time in a week, uh, as well as to watch a lot of of um, a lot of wrestling that you kind of need to like pay attention to more than like because I feel like there's a lot of wrestling that you could just sort of like turn on and just watch very passively, and it's kind of hard to passively watch this and still catch it all in in a weird way um at least for me so you know it's it's a bit harder to get these out um but we promise we'll be back very very soon or at least soon enough uh for the wrestling pad episode as well as some other things that happen in april maybe even may of 1992 you have any closing remarks um no no just you know uh come join us we have uh azucog and bull nakano for for next month and we have uh Another match between uh, the team of Mariko Yoshida and Takako Inoue versus Debbie Malenko and Saki Hasegawa. So you'll get to hear us rave about those two teams again, I'm sure, because uh, they always do amazing work here. So, Yeah, um, and I didn't even mention that fucking LCO is about to begin. So Yeah, like, yeah, I saw them in two my... Two months. Uh, yeah, I saw them in my little match guide there thingy. Uh, they have a little cool trios match coming up, so that's going to be fun. Yeah, so um, join us next time, and thank you for joining us this time. We always appreciate it. Go check out Stardom Quest if you don't. Um, you know, even if you don't like Stardom, uh, I don't like Stardom either. So we could we could bond on that. There are I'm, I'm there are like notable anti-Stardom people who listen to that, <laughs> and I think it's because we drag Stardom uh, when when they do bad things. So if, even if you don't like Stardom, chances are we will uh, fulfill your hateful desires. Yeah, except if you don't like Azumi or, or Jumbo, that's just weird. Like that's kind of sus, I'm gonna be honest. Um, but yeah, th- thank you for joining us. 
come back next time whenever the next time is uh we will meet again don't know where don't know when but i know we will meet again on victory through guts that sounds like a great outro Ijo. Ijo.